everyone, and welcome to the BPD Bravery Show. Our guest today is Jade Stanton. I am so excited to have her on the show. She's been on the podcast before, and it is absolutely a pleasure knowing her and talking to her. Jade, when I grow up, I want to be like you. Jade is a mental health coach from the U.S., drawing from her own journey with borderline personality disorder, depression, and anxiety. Jade guides others in mastering coping skills and navigating life, whether locally or virtually. She empowers individuals worldwide with DBT skills. Join us as we delve into her insights and passion for fostering hope and progress. Today, we will be discussing self-sabotage, reasons as to why we may be doing it, what we can do to stop it, and how validation plays a role in self-sabotage. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to the BPD Bravery Show, where we discuss tips, strategies, struggles, triumphs, and success stories related to borderline personality disorder. Here is your host, Faye Green. How would you define self-sabotage? Oh, well, that's an interesting, interesting one. So I was just reading some definitions of you know, a one person's definition of self-sabotage. And they kind of framed it in a little bit of a different way than I've thought of it before, because we usually think of self-sabotage as something that we're doing to harm ourselves, even unconsciously, sometimes trying to harm our goals, getting in the way of our own goals, whether it's, you know, I want to eat healthier and then I eat 10 million cookies or, you know, I want to get this done, but I'm going to procrastinate and watch TV for a little while. And it's like subconscious. But she, this this author frames it as rather than you are seeking harm in some subconscious way, you're seeking a need. You're seeking some type of comfort and safety and something that you need. It's just the avenue is really not effective. You don't get that need met. So you spiral and spiral and spiral until you hit rock bottom and you're self-sabotaging, you know, lots of things in your life in lots of ways. You're not where you want to be and you're miserable. So that's kind of how I see self-sabotage is, is, you know, doing things that are harmful on the surface. But I agree that I think there's a there's a deeper drive there. We our brain or our body thinks that it's doing something good for us by keeping us in a, in a comfort zone or keeping us back from a goal. Um, but it's really the outward behavior that's keeping us back from the goal, but it's something we do ourselves. It's not an outside force. And why do we do it? Is it fear? I think some of it is like what I would categorize as trauma responses. I think fear is a big part of that. I think it's just anything that stresses the system. So it could be, um, I think a lot of it is fear of the future, kind of in general. But I think it can also be shame, fear of feeling shame. I think it can be other emotions. But that's a good point. I think fear, yeah, would be the primary driving emotion for for self-sabotage if you really dig deep under the surface. It's not self-hatred. You don't do it because you hate yourself. You don't do it because, you know, you you hate your goal and you don't want to reach your goal. I think it's fear of reaching a goal, fear of getting out of your comfort zone in some way, fear of going through the discomfort of of change. That makes sense because, like I was discussing with you earlier, I just got um, a new role as man- managing a couple of companies. 
And I was discussing it with someone. I said, I don't know, like, I've done it all. Like, I've done whatever I need to do in this position, but I'm just so afraid that I'm not competent enough. I'm not sure even why, but I said, I'm just so afraid. Every time I think about it, I get really excited. Every time, you know, I talk to the people involved in the business, I'm super pumped. I'm so happy. Like, I can't stop smiling. But then when I take a step back, this fear creeps in. And she says, oh, you're you're self-sabotaging. I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything. I'm just afraid. (laughs) I did not understand what she meant by you're (laughs) self-sabotaging. Yeah. I I think that, yeah, I don't know if the fear itself is self-sabotaging. I think it's the actions that come with the fear. Mm. But I can see what she's saying because that, and that if you go down that path, I think it will lead to self-sabotage. You know, if For you example, don't. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. If I were to um, say, okay, I'm not taking the job because. Exactly. And make up some excuse to not take <laughs> the job when really you wanted it, right? Or start picking out all the things that could go wrong, you know. That I think would be self-sabotage. I think by acknowledging the fear is giving you some hesitancy and just recognizing that it's just fear, you know, fear of the unknown or fear of something else. I think that's a that's a kind of an antidote for self-sabotage. I mean, you're getting to kind of like the root of it really quickly, of the feeling so that you don't have to act on it. You can make, you know, a wiser choice for what you really want rather than what the fear is saying. So I don't know if you're self-sabotaging yet. Maybe you were. I don't know. But... <laughs> But I think the fear itself, I don't know if the emotional reaction itself is the self-sabotage or if it's the action. I think it's probably more of the action that comes out of it. Probably is, because now I'm thinking of a, a total different theory, uh, theme. Let's let's talk about, okay, making up a, a scenario, but it applies to me. You're pre-diabetic. You know you have to cut out sugar or else. Right. And you can't get yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. You know you have to. You still keep on buying stuff that you should not be buying. Mm-hmm. That is probably self-sabotage actually doing the action, right? Mm-hmm. I would agree. <laughs> I mean, I think I think addiction can be a form of self-sabotage too. So like let's say I'm addicted to sugar or like I'm addicted to food. I think the same kind of types of mechanisms are in there um, and the habit is so ingrained that it's it's very hard to break. Now. I don't necessarily think that just because you're ha- you have a hard time breaking a habit of like buying all the sugar, you're self-sabotaging as long as you're working on it. I, I, I that's, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. I just think, you know, there's got to be some leeway. I don't want to call every like slip a self-sabotage, but maybe it is. I don't know. You know, every time I slip up and buy sugar after I know that I have to stop eating it, you know, maybe it's not just a slip. Maybe it's it's also self-sabotage. I would have to say, yeah, maybe, maybe so. Um, but why you do it, I think, is the is the key. And I don't and I don't think we can always figure out necessarily why, but simply recognizing that we may be self-sabotaging our goal um is a starting point to start exploring why. Mm-hmm. And what do you do to stop it? And what that's the more important question, really, (laughs) is what do you do to stop it? Um, And I and I think being aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it is a first step to stopping it. 
But then you've got to put in all of those measures. I think you've got to reframe the way that you're thinking about it. Because for instance, for me, I had a lot of self-sabotaging beliefs that would say, well, you can't do this even if you tried. You've, you haven't, you know, look at all these other things that you've struggled with. And, you know, all all of that really pulls on you strongly. So I think you have to look at your beliefs too. It's not just changing your actions. I think it's changing what you're saying to yourself, what you believe, you know, what you're feeding yourself and your mind, maybe even more than your body, because what you feed yourself and your mind will lead to what, what you do with your body. Sometimes, sometimes it's the other way around. How about self-sabotage when it comes to relationships? Yeah, that's the big one. That's the big one. That's (laughs) been the topic of conversation over and over and over in my world and late and especially lately this has just been a topic that's been coming up so frequently and people really wonder you know why am i doing this why am i doing this why am i doing this and it's miserable it's there's a lot of suffering that happens with that i mean i did that for years in my relationships and with the person that i'm with now that i'm married to i did that so it's a terrible place to be to watch yourself being stuck in a loop and not not really knowing how to change and feeling like I'm doing my best. Why is my best not working? And I hate to say this because I was not ready to hear this for, you know, most of the time that I was self-sabotaging in my relationships. But I had to get to a point where I stopped and I was like, this is my problem and I have to deal with this. And I, there's nothing else more important to me than stopping self-sabotaging my relationships. It was like my number one priority because I was at rock bottom. I was, you know, I could not continue the way I was continuing in my relationships. They were all self-sabotage. Everything that I did was a form of self-sabotage in those relationships. I had no idea how to have a healthy one. And so I see a lot of people, especially lately, kind of getting to this point where they're watching themselves go through this cycle of self-sabotage in their relationships. They're leaving the relationship. They're threatening to leave the relationship. They're they're making threat all kinds of threats. I did I did all of that, you know. They'll, they're packing their bags one night and coming back the next, and packing their bags again the next night and coming back the next. I did all of that. They're you know texting ten thousand times a day, falling apart when they don't get a text back. I did all of that, and like you can't live like that for long before you start to hit rock bottom. It might take a few years. But you hit rock bottom at a certain point and you have to say like something's wrong with the way I'm looking at relationships. Something's wrong with the way that I am um, seeing my attachments, what I'm believing, what I'm thinking, how I'm reacting here. Um, And then you can start to change again the self-sabotage. I think it all starts with that moment of awareness. And I'm not not to say that that's, you know, you don't want to blame yourself. Blame is not really effective. But I think that's one of the self-sabotaging things we do is we get stuck in blaming, you know, so we can't be blaming ourselves or what happened to us or all of these things and bring that into the now. We've got to say all of that happened. But like right now, I am self-sabotaging. I'm the one that is self-sabotaging my life. And I have to ch- some, I have to change. And the thing I have to change is me, you know, and that's a hard point to get to. That's a very hard point to get to, you know? So the self-sabotaging in relationships is a big, big topic. And I think it's one of the biggest things that leads people with BPD to get into an emotional spiral that they, that can really lead to harm. 
I don't see anything trigger an episode quite like when it comes to relationships, parents, kids, spouses, whatever. You yeah. know? <laughs> there it's like weird how they how much, you know, emotional impact they have. Um, but it's not really weird. It makes sense. I mean, biologically it makes sense that we Hey there, Warriors. Before we dive into our episode today, I wanted to take a moment to give a special shout out to our wonderful sponsor, HopeForBPD.com. If you've been a part of this journey, you know that I don't just bring you stories and expert advice. I also am on the lookout for resources that can make your journey with BPD more manageable and more hopeful. Hope for BPD is that resource, a beacon of hope. Whether you're personally affected by BPD or you're supporting a loved one through their journey, this platform is here to assist you in every step of the way. Hope for BPD provides confidential and compassionate treatment consultation, information and research about evidence-based treatments, ongoing solution-focused and non-judgmental support for individuals with BPD and family members, and so much more. BPD isn't something you have to face alone or in the dark. So visit their website at hopeforbpd.com to learn more about their services and find that glimmer of hope you've been looking for. Because remember, no matter how tough it gets, there's always hope. And now back to our show. But I do think, yeah, you're right. The first thing is awareness. I mean, without awareness, you can't even start your recovery journey. Right. And where do you start? Do you say if someone is self-sabotaging in their relationships, should they start with DBT? Is that the first step or? Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be DBT. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would recommend it. It's, It's the best program I have found. But I've also seen a lot of other programs that that focus on this 12 step programs, like for example, celebrate recovery, NAAA, Al-Anon, ACA, all of those, there's tons and tons of them. Emotions anonymous. They, they do focus on this idea of like, this is not a manageable way for me to live or to get my goals. You know, if I'm diabetic and I, and I don't want to die and I've got to stop eating sugar, buying cookies 10,000 times a day and, and not being able to stop myself is not a way to get there. So it's like, there, I think there are other programs besides DBT or other models that can like acceptance and commitment therapy too, where, where you can get to a point where you're bringing awareness and you're focusing on, on change in your life in a, in a different way rather than kind of spiraling into the self-sabotage. But I think DBT is one of the most practical, in my opinion, um, because it goes straight to like, what steps do I do when I'm self-sabotaging or when I want to self-sabotage? And I like that, that model. I like to have a step-by-step <laughs> guide on like, I use this skill and then I use this skill and then I use this skill. That helps me a lot. Let's back, backtrack on something. You said emotion and commitment therapy. What's that? Or I'm sorry, acceptance and commitment therapy. Acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. That, that thing. Um, it? So it's a form of therapy. It's fair. It, it has a lot of crossover with a lot of DBT concepts. It focuses on this acceptance piece of an acceptance involves a lot of awareness. You've got to be aware of something and then you've got to accept it. And so, you know, as applied to this topic, I would say it's kind of like, coming to an acceptance of yourself and your self-sabotaging behaviors, not in a judgmental way of yourself, but in a truly open and curious way about yourself. I think it's a way of building this curiosity and openness towards examining your behaviors. And I, and that I think is a key if you're going to change self-sabotage. 
I, I think that's probably a big, big, big portion of it is, is being able to be aware without judging yourself, but being aware of what role you're playing and accepting that you're playing the role. Let's take a step back. Now, if you see someone is self-sabotaging, yeah, they're not aware of it or they're not accepting it or they don't want to acknowledge it, but it's really I mean, ruining their life. Yeah, I mean, that. I look, I think, <laughs> yes, to a certain extent, but I, I don't want to come off sounding too harsh, like you're self-sabotaging because you're doing it and, and you're not or you're not aware that you're self-sabotaging and, and you just need to build more awareness. I don't want to come off too harsh. You know, I, 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 I want to make sure to cover kind of the aspect that self-sabotage comes from a long line of things. It's like it can come from trauma and abuse and and invalidation and difficult experiences and you know, even just like plain old depression and things, you know, people can be sick. And I think self-sabotage can be kind of a, a byproduct of that. Um, or mm -hmm. they can be traumatized and self-sabotage can be a byproduct of that. And so when I say like self-sabotage is you doing the behavior and you've got to change yourself, you know, that's a call to action. But I think we do have to acknowledge and accept too, that like, there are a lot of things that led up and to me, self-sabotaging today. There are a lot of causes that led up to me self-sabotaging today, not all of which were in my control. So just to clarify, because and I say that because like I think a lot of these topics about changing self-sabotage can can be absent of the validation we need that like, you know, we're not just self-sabotaging because we want to, or because we don't, we're not paying enough attention. Um or anything like that. I never want to come across as sending that message because I think that shuts us down to being open to to wanting to change. Uh, so you're saying validation does play a role in this too? I think so, yeah. I, I, I do think it plays a big role um, because for me, I wasn't willing to look at any of my self-sabotaging behaviors or even realize I was self-sabotaging. Someone could come to me and say, you are self-sabotaging. and and this is not good for you. And, you know, they could say all of those things. And I was not, I was not interested. I didn't want to hear it. I would argue, I would be in denial, all of those things. Because I felt like there was no validation for, for how hard it was for me to change that or, you know, validation for all of the painful things that I dealt with that, which is why I'm self-sabotaging today, you know? So I think without that piece of validation, it's hard to even admit to ourselves that we could be self-sabotaging. I think it's very hard. At least it was. I think me. you hit the head. You hit the, what do you say? You hit the nail right on the hit head. The nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> because I think you're right. I think you do need validation. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I didn't want somebody to just come tell me like you're self-sabotaging in your relationships, Jade, because I was, dead set that like I was doing the right things. It was somebody else's fault. It was, you know, it was because of all these things that happened to me that I'm like this and people just need to like get over it and accept that I'm going to sabotage things. I was not willing to consider like I need to be open and accept myself and work on changing myself until, until I saw other people validating me or being validated. And I started validating myself too. I think that's like, 
I don't know. It's just been absent for a lot of people. They're always told to change, 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 change when they've got a lot of dysfunctional behaviors. And we miss that important step of like, hey, I get how painful it is for you to have these behaviors. I get how I get how like torturous it is in your mind. If you are diabetic, you know you're going to die and you're going out and buying 12,000 cookies. I That's not fun. That's a not a fun place to be in. You don't feel good about that. It, you know, it, it's it's quite torturous in your mind, you know, going through all of that. And so I think people need to be seen. I think that needs to be seen first. And can I assume that the validation can sometimes come from yourself if you yes. don't get it from your environment? Yes, I believe so. Now, I think your environment is like really important. I, I, I don't necessarily... You know, I think without anyone else validating you, I think it's very difficult because we learn a lot through community and interactions. So I could tell myself that something is valid or I could give myself understanding. But until someone really affirms somewhere or gives me some kind of signal that like that's acceptable, you know, an acceptable route to take or something, it's hard for me to I start doubting myself. Right. So as humans, we look for, we look for signals from others to know like what to do or what's the, what's the right thing or the wrong thing or the most effective thing or not. You know, we get a lot of, if it's okay to accept ourselves, we get a lot of that information from the environment when we're, when we're trying to learn how to accept ourselves. If we don't have that, it's a missing piece, but not everybody has that. And so that doesn't mean we can't validate ourselves. You know, if you don't have that, you have to validate yourself even more because you don't have those other community members and you may even need to find really creative ways to validate yourself. Um, you know, reading stories from other people that are validating, not just talking to yourself, but, but finding other experiences that validate your experience. Um, and I think that is a starting point for most people with change in their life is some of that validation. You might be right. And this is totally off topic on val um, validation or self-sabotage. But Fluffy and I have been through a trauma almost a year ago. And I tried to suppress it, not think about it. And my life went downhill so fast, so quickly, mm -hmm. so badly. Mm -hmm. And maybe two months ago, a friend of mine said, do you realize how much trauma you're carrying around with you? I was like, uh, I don't think that counts, you know, I I try not to think about it. So isn't that <laughs> just, you know, it doesn't exist. I don't think about it. She said that to me more than once. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking maybe she's onto something. Yeah. And so I spoke to a professional and this professional was like, yeah, you got to, you, you got to see a trauma specialist. <laughs> but until then, until someone said, you know, like you've been through so much, that's why like you let your life fell apart right after everything started crumbling. I was so hard on myself for like, why is this happening? And why can't I handle my life better? Right, right. Until someone else said, hey, like, there's something going on here. Right. Give yourself some grace, you know? Right. Yeah. And they didn't come up and just say like, you're self-sabotaging. You need to change that. They were like, you know, you've been through a lot. Yes. And that's the validation piece and being seen. And I think it's combined with this, like, this kind of accountability of saying like you 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 got to do something about that you got to you know you got to you don't want to keep 
treating yourself that way. You don't want to keep carrying this around. You don't want to keep suffering all day. You know, you don't want to want to do that. Um, I agree. I mean, trauma comes out in so many ways and it's, and, and it doesn't matter like big or small events, big or small in quotes. Um, but it, your body can process it exactly the same, you know? So, so you may think it's small, but your body sees it just as, just as big as some other huge event that you think is super traumatic. So, you know, it reacts the same way. And that's what so many of us do. We, we're just like, okay, I just want to, I don't want to think about that. Right. It hurts to think about it hurts to face it. So like, let's just not. <laughs> and, and that works for a little while. And it probably like helps you survive for a little while until it doesn't help you survive anymore. And you're like, okay, now this is a problem for me. Um, which is a good place to be. I think that's a good place to be. It's not fun to like face the, <laughs> face the memories, you know, it's, it's really horrible to have to face face stuff, but but it's a good place to be because then you then you get out of the the mire, you know, you get out of being stuck, and that's a worth it, just worth it to me. You have to, you have to. I wish we didn't. I wish we could go over it or under it or <laughs> around it, but we can't. We gotta we gotta walk right through it, and I think that's that's the acceptance part too. We're not just accepting like ourselves and what we're doing we're accepting like the only way out is to start working through this we can't ignore it we can't just fix it on the surface we've got to really you know dig deep and and create a lifelong change like a life lasting change because i think every every big thing that we go through every problem that we go through it can change us in a really big way you know, either for the negative or for the positive. So we can choose at some point to like help it, let it change us for the positive. That's for sure. And um, if someone is struggling with self-sabotage, do you have any tips on what they can do? If someone is struggling with self-sabotage, uh, first, I would, I would find a space where you can talk about it, um, where you can talk about it without people allowing you to just put yourself down or just vent, but where you can talk about it in a space that is going to point you towards some type of hope or some type of solution. Now, you may not want to hear all of that at first, and that's fine, but keep going to places where people are sharing their progress or they're sharing ways that they are changing their self-sabotaging behaviors. There is nothing, in my opinion, better than some type of accountability system. Even if you are not talking to other people or meeting face-to-face -face with people, you can just watch for a while. Just watch what they say. Watch what they do. Watch what the results are for them. Um, and sometimes that is a a starting point, especially if you're kind of resistant. But the But that's kind of like the entryway. I think the big starting point is just is just saying to yourself, like, I cannot do this anymore. This is not manageable for me anymore. Whatever I'm doing now, maybe it was no problem before. Maybe it even helped me before. But this, if I keep doing this, it's going to affect me in a really negative way. And that's not just words that you say. It's like a deep acceptance of and I think there's a lot of humility that comes with it of like, this is a problem for me. I can't brush it under the rug. I can't pretend it's not there. Like, uh, this is serious and it's impacting my life. 
Um, and then my next step would be go seek out resources, educate yourself, educate yourself about your behavior, educate yourself about the things that trigger the behavior, why people do the behavior, um, educate yourself mostly about what people do to change it. You know, what are other people doing? Because there's no one resource that's going to have all of the answers, in my opinion. You know, you're not going to pick up a book at Barnes and Noble and it's going to have all of the things that you need to do to change self-sabotage. You've got to get like 20 books from Barnes and Noble <laughs> and read them all, you know? And so it's a, it's a process. It's a process. But I, I would say the first step is saying I have a problem and I have to change. I have to change my methods, the way I'm thinking about this. I've got to change this whole cycle. And then the second step is getting into a habit of, of pursuing that goal rather than comfort, pursue, pursue changing the thing that's causing you so much discomfort. Don't forget how much discomfort it causes you because it, it'll come back and remind you, <laughs> but get everything you can read everything that you can look at resources that other people are using. I can't tell you how many, how many wise things I've learned um, just from talking to other groups and reading books from people that had wisdom on the subject and then putting it into action. You know, just just small little things in my life. I was a big complainer with my partner. I, it was a form of self-sabotaging my relationships, push people away, right? And so I would, you know, criticize and complain. And so it was a simple thing someone told me to do, five compliments for every one criticism. And I was like, okay, well, let me start doing that. But then I went deeper and I was like, okay, well, I don't just want to crit uh, compliment on the surface. Like I want to see things in a complimentary way rather than in negative ways. And so I started training myself to kind of start looking for the gratitude or looking for something besides my negative assumption about what was happening. That's where the DBT skills came in big time. And and so, you know, I had to practice. You got to put it into practice. It'll take time. You got to retrain your body, you know, to get comfortable again. You know, you're comfortable when you're self-sabotaging to an extent. You've got to learn how to get comfortable with doing something else. And that takes time. And talking about books, uh, reading books, you have a book club. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, yeah. So it's the Book Brains Book Club. <laughs> and we just started it. We're on our second book. And that's We're Reading the Mountain is You. Um, Transforming Self-Sabotage into Self-Mastery by Brianna Weist or Weist. I'm not quite positive how to say her last name. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by the book. It's got some some really good tips on self-sabotage. And with the book club, we're just kind of looking at self-growth. It's, you know, it's free. It's open to anyone because I wanted there. I have so many people that, you know, the economy is terrible. They're like, I have no resources. I can't afford anything. And, and I was like, well, what can we do? Because they want to do something, but they, they want to guide. They want to work on something. They want to move forward, but they don't have, you know, a, a structure. So I thought, okay, well, it's the easiest way to kind of give, give people a structure they can follow just to work on themselves a little bit at home. And I thought, well, reading's where I do that. So let's do the book club. And so I'm, I'm hoping it's impactful for people. It's already been impactful for me you know, just for kind of understanding things about myself, getting new tips, talking about these things with other people, it ingrains it in your brain and it, and it can change your life, you know? So I don't think you need to spend, you know, $10,000 on therapy all the time. Sometimes it's, it's, there are tools you can use today that you can find on your own and, and 
just dive into them. And that's how you can start to change things. So that's why I started the book club. Um, and that's what we're working on right now is changing, changing some things in our lives. <laughs> I want to join. Yeah, join it. Absolutely. Join us. We're going to do another book in, um, in January. I think we're going to start another book, but you're welcome to join the one we just started this one yesterday. So yeah, so we're just in the, in the beginning, you are not too late to join this, this reading. Um, and then we do some live feeds and we do a zoom at the end of every book reading and everybody meets. Um, it's still very small. So there's lots of room for discussion and everybody can get a turn to talk if you want to. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to see where it goes. Thank you. Thank you for giving, sharing with us, um, your insight and expertise and, for everything that you do for the DBT community, because you do so, so much. You're always doing, I'm always so impressed how you're handling so much. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, it, I was born for this. That's all I, all I know. I, I don't do it on my own. I feel like God gets me through, <laughs> you know, a lot of things. I'm like, I could never do all of this on my own. Um, But it's been really incredible. And I love, I love what I do. I love the people I work with, you know, and I'm passionate about it. So thank you for, for always encouraging me and supporting that journey for me too. And I love what you're doing. I'm just very, very grateful, very grateful to, to be, you know, part of recovery with other people. We don't, you know, we have to do it together. And so when we get to do it together, it's really incredible. So I appreciate you kind of being in that journey with me, but also, you know, just being with me today, it's a big part of recovery, just these moments. Thank you so much for joining us on today's BPD Bravery Show. If you've enjoyed it, then like, share, and subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure to tune into our show every Monday and Friday. And remember, you are so much more than your BPD.